So for my first project of energy interview, I talked to the inspiring Esmeralda Berhe-Lomax, who, like many people listening to this, with her family, during the pandemic, ran a project that serves the community. The Bridge on the Street project that Esmeralda and her children and her husband and her friends ran not only served the community, but it captured the imagination of people around them, their neighbors, their work colleagues, and the one love community fridge idea, brand, project. This has grown to become a large community of supporters and volunteers involved in the feeding of New Yorkers and also the support of the community. Today, you'll hear about how Asmeret went about building a community organization, how she realized that, that aesthetics and beauty directly connect with notions of respect and how the fridge location is a place of pride and joy versus a place of need. When I challenge her that she's built a brand around the One Love Community Fridge, she brings back the idea of collaboration. And she connects this concept of a brand with a notion of exchange. And this exchange is something I think is very fascinating and something to take away. Hopefully, by listening to this, you'll be inspired about how to invent by starting small and how to reinvent by engaging the people around you, including the people you serve. To start, I hit the record button a little bit early and just as Asmeret struggles with a question about what job title I should use to introduce her, I think it was revealing. And I'll let you listen in early. Enjoy. All our work is it's community-based, it's community-led. So this idea of calling um, myself founder, uh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still kind of grappling with that and trying to figure out what that means. I understand like the world we live in kind of needs to have a leader or I guess for a lot of times people need to have a person. <laughs> um, but I, I look at it much more as a collective and something that's like community created rather just be me as the founder. Yeah. It's an interesting way to start the conversation because we're in this age where people are talking about this community, brands need to be community led. There are all these new technology companies that are supposed to be community led. So it's an interesting point. Is community-led committee-led or do you need to have people who are going to lead as well? Yes. Well, I mean, I definitely do believe that you need to have people lead at one point in order for it to also be sufficient. So even within our community, we have different initiatives and they're either inspired or led or driven by different people. But I guess I look at it as more just like a flat 
community or more like, you know, little tops rather than having, because when I look at it like a founder, this is how I see that. Or The founder is like a typical pyramid. Yes. The way I kind of look at one love and how we, how we building and how we're operating is a lot more. Because yeah. people listening to this won't see that fact you've just done these little pyramids as well. Yeah. yeah. Little, yeah. Little tiny, tiny, tiny pyramids. Uh, and many of them rather than just one big pyramid. Yeah. What it does and why it does it, maybe you can help me understand. Okay. What it is, is a uh, community of amazing people working together to provide access through free, fresh, healthy food. And a couple of things that are important for us is to do it with respect and dignity and with the main focus really being health and what that encompasses, right? Uh, why we do it is we really believe in this idea of hyper-local solutions and finding ways to really connect and engage and empower our communities and uh, doing it in a way that's like there's long-term thinking to it in terms of looking at it from a sustainable aspect. So that's kind of why. And then the other part of why is because we have to. <laughs> yeah. We live in a world that I feel, we feel like there's a lot of times there's a detachment to our communities. On a practical level, how is it manifesting? It is a number of fridges that are available yeah, in okay. New York City. Okay. So on a practical level, we're using food as a connector. Mm -hmm. uh, one of our main tools are um, community fridges. Yeah. Are uh, just plain fridges that are placed usually in public spaces mm -hmm. across New York City. And anyone has access to them 24 7. And what we do is we bring food to the fridges. That's a very, like, if you break it down to something, but it's a very simple. And there's a number of fridges across New York City right now. Yes. And then. So I think everyone can listen and can go, okay, I understand that. I've seen those fridges around and sadly probably seen people line up for fridges or wait for fridges to be filled. How does that connect with empowerment and some of those kind of higher level themes that you were just talking about? Yeah. So the way we see the community fridges being very much a alternative solution or approach to traditional food bags and pantries because he addresses some of the challenges outside the most obvious, which would be in food insecurity, but he also uh, addresses some of the other challenges that food pantries and food banks have, which is limited time, having people not being able to maybe address uh, culturally sensitive food. And then the other part of it is because of the nature of like the fridges being in a public space, uh, accessible to anyone at any time. They also engage in a completely different way that rather than just going there, picking up food or being handed food and leaving, it also invites people to participate in caring for the fridge, engaging others to help donate. And I think one of the most beautiful things I've seen has been many times that community members are using the fridge and also part of uh, bringing something to the fridge. So that's part of the engagement. And I think the, the connecting part is, um, 
the fridges might be in neighborhoods sometimes that might not, maybe not everybody in the neighborhood doesn't need support in terms of food, but it gives a connecting point where, you know, even if you're in a position to donate food or if you're in a position that you need support, it's a connecting point. Whereas many times with food pantries or food banks, there's no connecting point. Uh, and I think in terms of empowerment is this idea of creating spaces where people feel that they're not just recipients of help, but also empowered to create positive change in their own futures and being part of the actual process. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the connect and power and engagement. Yeah. How's that work practically? Because I think those high level strategies or themes or beliefs are great, but you have a community of people who are hungry or need to eat better. How do they actually get encouraged to be part of this? Yeah. But I, actually, I would, I would argue different. It's not very high level. Maybe it sounds like it when I'm speaking. It's a very, very grassroots uh -huh. and very much about direct impact. So in theory, it's, uh, well, I don't know, maybe it sounds hard, but it's not. It's actually yeah. naturally, it's very, very, um, it's not something that's like, like reinventing the you, you, you didn't have a, you didn't have a, like, you didn't have a whiteboard and you wrote that wrote values as you were thinking. No, 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 I, not at all. Quite the opposite. It was initially, sorry, okay. I felt like I had to do something as a reaction to what was happening during the beginning of COVID. Uh, I wanted to do something that could involve our children to participate and also feel empowered that they also could bring positive change and connect with other community members that uh, maybe wasn't as fortunate as we were at the time uh, in terms of having access to food. Um, wanted to create something, be part of something that was multi-generational, multicultural. So initially it was like, we set up a fridge, we actually would go and buy food and take it and place in the fridge. And then it was like, you know what, as I was learning more and I was connecting more with neighbors and friends uh was like okay you know what we can actually do more let's see let's look at how does food waste look in in the u.s and we're in a time where we have more than 40 percent of what's being produced in the u.s is being wasted so then it was like okay how can we engage friends and family and other connections that we have or businesses to participate as well so then we started reaching out and we started getting food donations to actually take the fridges and that started growing. So I was like, okay, you know what? We need more people to get involved. How can we get people involved to actually help us pick up the donations and take to the fridges? So that was the next step. And then it was like, okay, looking even further, what does this mean? Because uh, with food donations, there's no consistency. You know, sometimes we get thousands of pounds and sometimes it's you know, 50 pounds and it all makes a huge difference in somebody's life, but it's also not bringing consistency. So the next step was like, okay, how can we bring consistency? Okay. You know what? That would mean maybe growing food. And you know, what does that mean for the community we're in, in terms of how do we grow the food? So it's just, it's been evolving along the way as community has grown, as we've had more volunteers and people joining. So it wasn't like sitting down and saying like, come up with this master plan. It's just, yeah. it's been evolving because it's all a collaborative process where we have people join in, people bring ideas, um, bring capabilities or connections or needs and it kind of evolves from there. Yeah. So it's interesting. So you started with a very small practical idea with 
basically put some food in a fridge and allow, or gave people food. And then you were like, we need to take it from here. And it seems like you also, you welcomed other people to be part of that process in terms of where do we take it from here? Yes, because yeah. it's not about, oh, what do I want to do? It's really about, okay, how does this community look right here? What are the needs or like who else has lived here that can also contribute in other ways? And you'll see like there are very different communities around each fridge actually. And the, the needs might look a little bit different, but for us, we think about it from like, okay, what's the long-term plan? It's really about like well-being, and the obvious is like addressing food insecurity and hunger, but there are organizations doing that, but it's also very short-term because it's kind of like just putting a bandaid on the issue because it's also, okay, uh, it's not just about getting food. It's also what type of food. <laughs> yeah. Because part of the problem that we saw now was just like, not just that people don't have access to food, they also don't have access to healthy food, which then contributes to a lot of sickness and diseases that, uh, that are preventable. But then also contributes to children not being able to focus in school because the food that they eat, like the blood. The diet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, diets and all of that. So we talk about well-being, talking about taking action in a way that co like creates positive ripples, effects in our communities where we support each other in a space that is inclusive, no matter where you are. And I think a couple other things that we talk about is it needs to also be beautiful and people need to have fun while doing it. And then that's not from a place of vanity. It's also a place of like respectful. I, I always talk about it like in terms of the fridges being an extension of our dinner table, like the same respect that, you know, when I come home and I set the table at home, we should look at the fridges the same way. You need to like the respectful part is thinking about what are this food that's going in there? How do the fridges look? What's the space around it? What other initiatives are connected to it? And so it's not just a point of, you know, give and take, but really, again, like connecting people in different ways. Yeah. I was going to ask about that because yeah, your organization is very well presented. I hate to use the word, but it looks like a brand in some ways. Aesthetically, it looks good. You have a number of different communication points, whether it's the newspaper I've seen people dressing up in t-shirts and everything else. And there's a concerted effort about that. And it seems to me that you just said that it's important to present yourself well, I think is what you're trying to do rather than, you know, yeah, across as a brand. Like, I wouldn't say like present the world, but I think it's like good design is important because for us, we tie it to the respectful part of it. My experience has been like a lot of times in terms of like similar work that's been done, a lot of effort or time has not got into the, the presenting part of it or the design part of it. It's kind of like, okay, you know what, um, kind of beggars can't be choosy kind of thing <laughs> where no, no, but you know, or, or, you know, a lot of times maybe the food that's being donated is just excess food or maybe expired food and so on. And the one thing we're trying to do is obviously always keeping in mind the main mission, which is addressing food insecurity, but also be mindful of what is the food that we bring and how do we stock the fridges? And like you mentioned, like us, the magazine, for example, is another way of communicating because the number one demographic or you want to call it like 
the audience for our zine is really anyone that's around the fridges. So it's about, okay, how do we share resources again? But we do it again in a way that whoever's at the fridge feels very respected and feel like it's part of the process. So it's not just about, okay, you know, I'm here to help you and here you go. But we want everyone to feel like it's yeah. a place of pride and feel like it's a place of joy rather than being a place of just need. Yeah. So there's less of a situation of um, a savior coming in and, hey, I'm going to make sure you're... Exactly. No, no, exactly. 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 Mm-hmm. Actually, we just printed yesterday. I'm so excited. I can't wait to show you. Um, issue oh, that's two. the new newspaper. Yeah. There's a mag- you got a zine or something. Yeah. The issue two is... It's called the farm issue. So it's about some of the farms and window box farming and community gardens. That yeah. so, and that's, the process. that's going to share ideas about where food comes from, whether food you actually use today or share today, or is it just for inspiration? Or No. So one of the farms is actually now donated land. Well, so whatever's grown there, it's going to the community fridges. We have one of our neighbors, it's volunteers that written a piece about access and education, like how she uses her window box <laughs> to grow and how she uses whatever she grows in her cooking. Um, Talk a little bit about your personal journey and you touched upon it already about there was a moment in time. It's project of energy. Is it something that you always wanted to do? What did you kind of pull from, from your, from your past? Maybe you can share a little bit of what you kind of lean on and and what new skills have you had to learn along the way? If I could choose, I would just be on a group to not do anything. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) No, I, uh, let me see background. Um, how did I get here? Uh, no, my, I mean, my background was initially like finance and then fashion. But outside of like my professional career, like I've always been engaged in terms of empowerment and a lot of my focus has been within education. But I think the road to one love right now feels like it's the meeting point of all of my professional background and personal experiences. I grew up as a first generation immigrant in Sweden and I immigrated once again, coming to the U.S. and raising two children here in Brooklyn, New York. And, uh, um, for me, like personally, it's just, uh, it's, I feel like it's just something I have to do. I feel like there's just something to do. Like there's a sense of responsibility that, uh, I have to do what I can in small ways. And I hopefully will able to inspire others and engage others to participate in ways that, that works for them. Even if it's 15 minutes a week, or if it's once a year, but this idea that uh, we can all, and we should all do something to yeah. create a positive change in our community. And, and also, I guess, showing ways to do it that works for everyone for different, you know, different things work for different people and we all come from different places, but I think that's where I am in a deal wall. I'll just sit on a beach, but we're not there. Yeah. One, soon, soon summer is here. Some people must worry that they don't have permission to do some of this work is that something that you thought about like am i allowed to do this can i do this did that cross your mind no i i actually (laughs) i know i feel like 
we all have permission, actually quite the opposite. I think we all have responsibility to do something and we, we can't, and I, we don't need to all do the same things. And I absolutely do not think that we need permission from anyone, but because, uh, we have a responsibility in the communities that we live in to, to take action. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, that actually never crossed my mind. Hmm. I, but I do think what I think about though, is I think there's a lot of times people that do want to take action, but they don't know what the first step would be or how, or ways that might be like most helpful. I think one example with One Love is we also work with different schools to give ideas or engage students. And uh, especially with schools that might not have as many resources, this idea of like, okay, this is what you can do instead that will require as much or less resources, but would have a greater impact in your community and also with the children. So that's some of the work that we also include within One Love, this, you know, helping or like when we talk about accessibility, it's on both ends. And then the things that One Love does seems extensive. You just talked about the school. I've seen you engaging at art events just to kind of create awareness in the community. Obviously then there's the practical aspects. You just waved your newspaper. Um, Your community. I mean, have you been through a learning journey or is this just stuff you could always do? No, I think it's a learning journey. Again, I keep going back to this idea of collaborative process. I'm learning along the way. I think uh, many of volunteers that are part of One Love also learning and kind of this like sharing of experiences and ideas. And I think the other thing is if we want to go back to the idea of the brand space, it's, we, I would say like, it's this, um, it's, it's, it's almost like a change. Like I've noticed many people that are like, a lot of volunteers involved is initially might've been like, oh, you know what? Let me give back. There's a thought of giving back, but then they realize they're getting <laughs> A lot of things back and it could be like they're feeling like connected to the community they're in, or it could be like new ideas or inspiration, or there's just been like this constant kind of exchange in the space, which I think it's the most important and like thing that's coming out of it outside again, the most obvious about, you know, food. But for me, this is the thing that's like the most long lasting and actually will create like the real change within our communities, because again, we already have organizations that just show up, hand food and move out. But if you actually create these communities or groups or spaces where is this constant exchange uh, of uh, energy, ideas and practical things as well. Uh, for me, that's the future. <laughs> yeah. I could spend all day just asking about that, but. We will leave it there. And so if anybody wants to understand the exchange, be part of the system to support you, what the steps they should do? How can they get involved in one love community kitchen, community fridge? Uh, well, don't worry. There's a kitchen soon coming to. <laughs> it's, it's under my way. I'll give a secret away. <laughs> no, no, there's a secret. You can contact us via our website. There's one love community org or uh, Instagram, One Love Community Fridge, uh, reach out to us either if, if you want to volunteer, if you have ideas, or if you want to connect us with businesses that want to donate food. Um, 
then, and also obviously if you need any support in terms of you're not in New York City, if you're elsewhere and you want to have resources, if you want to start your own fridge or want to connect with other organizations, that would be the best. That's wonderful. Well, I wish you every luck and I can't wait to see what you do next. Uh, me too. No, I'm joking. No, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you on the beach later though, but you know. No, no, I wish I'm not there yet. Maybe in a few years. Uh, yeah, no. Gotta keep this. I think just getting more people involved. We need as many people as possible to get involved. That's great. I guess there'll be a link somewhere and people can check it out. Okay. Well. Right. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate your time today. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for that time. I, I'll come back to you and let you know all about it. Oh, I know. Oh my God. I hope I wasn't rambling too much. You know, it's so interesting when you said um, the high level. It makes me think about it because I think maybe I'm taking for granted all the practical work that we're doing that uh, people know it. Um, I'm going to think about. I'm going to think about some of the some of the answers too, uh, in terms of how to break it down in a way that's. For no, for people that don't know anything about the work that we yeah. do. I think it's kind of fascinating. I think how you corrected me and then said, listen, we're going to start with these kind of very worthy themes. We've watched this thing grow. We learned the pillars important to the community. Yeah. I mean, it definitely started me like with, let me get food out. And then it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and the long-term initiatives. But yeah, it's it's definitely, it's interesting where it's going because I think if we had this conversation a year ago, it was very different. Yeah. And two years ago, it was extremely different. Sure. Well, the world was so different. Listen, I'll let you get on late prepare for your next call. Thank you so much. I'll let you follow up and tell you what I'm about to do. Okay. In terms of sharing this and everything else. Okay. Yeah. So I ramble too much if I need to. Like, I, I will put you through an editor and I will... Okay. Get it at computer okay. and I'll pop you out. Okay. 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 Right. Thanks so much. Really appreciate your time. Okay. This has been Piers Fox. Thanks everyone for listening to this Project of Energy podcast, a series where I hope to interview creative and progressive leaders as they invent new ideas and reinvent themselves. If you have any comments about this podcast, or if you'd like me to ask the interviewee more questions in a follow-up recording, email me at peers at fox.org. Meanwhile, subscribe on your favorite podcast player or check us out at projectofenergy.com. And do check out my other projects of energy, PSFK, Retail Innovation Week, and Walk It.